Good to see you all. This is the first time I've seen any of you this year. Um, <laughs> oh, New Year's. Let's take this time to contemplate what God has for us this year and to understand who he's called us to be not only today, but tomorrow and into the future. Let's pray. And as always, the altars are open. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the breath that I draw, that we all draw, because even that is a blessing. I pray on this second Sunday of 2023 that we would seek your will in all things. Not for just tomorrow. Not for just next week. But for the entire year and beyond. Lord, we know there will always be curveballs. There will always be unexpected events that happen, both good and unfortunate. But they are never unexpected for you, Lord. And you will take every situation, no matter how disastrous it may seem, how ugly it may seem, how hurtful it may seem, and work it for your good, Lord. So I pray that we have the patience, the wisdom, and the peace to just sit in that knowledge. To hear and see you in everything, even in the dark moments. And especially in the, the light ones. So I pray as we continue into the service, worshiping in the word that you have for us, Lord. I pray that we listen and we get what you have for us out of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My life, you have been faithful. 
Thank you, worship team. You guys did great, as always. They're really quiet after, though. <laughs> it's good to see everybody in God's house. It looks like we've all uh, made it into the new year successfully. Winter is apparently behind us, so uh, we'll go from there, right? Just a couple announcements for you. Uh, we'll be restarting our Wednesday Bible studies, not this Wednesday, but it looks like the following Wednesday. I think it's the 18th, 6.30 here. If you have any questions about that, you can um, ask Pastor Franklin, and he'll give you all the details if you want to know what the study is or, or anything like that. But we encourage you to do that, to learn more about uh, what God has in mind for you and your walk with him. Uh, we had our men's breakfast uh, yesterday. That turned out real well. Thanks, Nate, for, for organizing that and everybody who, uh, who came. I don't think there's really a whole lot more on the announcements, so I'm not going to belabor the fact, but um, we do appreciate and thank you for your, your tithes and offerings. We can't do what we do here uh, without it, so we appreciate that. Um, you can also um, help support overseas missionaries that we support by designated missions on your giving, uh, and I know that they appreciate that as well. Marsha, you're going to come bring the scripture for us, right? Yes. We'll have you come and do that. And then Tyler Hardy is back with us from the, uh, the great white north of St. Lawrence County, right? Thank you. Uh, I, I like that in your prayer that uh, um, you said um, not just asking for to get through like this tomorrow or this coming week or like it, it's it's always more like don't we normally we think of like what we need for today like I just need to get through today or this week or this season that we're going through you know but um, that's not what God wants for us what he wants for us is to have life and not even just life, but life to the full. Thinking of um, just before this scripture, there is a, a blind man. Um, who, he was born blind. And to 
people then, that was an even bigger deal because he never could see. And so people would wonder, like, was it him who did something wrong? Or was it his parents that did something wrong to cause him to be born without uh, sight? Um, And Jesus is like, it's none of that. But you're going to be able to see God work in his life. And so Jesus, he, um, he, he, he spit in the ground, made some mud, and then he put it on his eyes. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> but don't forget, Jesus knows what he's doing. And then he says to him, go and wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. And so that's what this guy does. This guy has no idea that this is even Jesus. You, like, people would hear that Jesus was traveling, and, and they would gather to see him. This guy did not know who it was that did this. Some guy came up to him, spit in the sand, made mud, and put it on his eyes. And then told him, go wash your face. In that pool in particular, I guess. But this is weird. But God often says to us, you need to do this. I'm going to do all of this for you, but please do this one little thing. And to us, that one little thing might be climbing a cliff or washing spit mud off our eyes. But to God, it's like, I am doing all of this. Can you please do something? Because if you don't do something, you're probably not going to be accepting all of this. What you want is this little bit. I have all of this, and this is what you're looking for? God has come. Jesus came so that we can have life, and not just life, but life to the full or life everlasting, as some translations say. That is what God has for us. And uh, so it's often God will ask us to do something. I I, I saw this thing online. Uh, This guy was talking about three types of doors. He was talking about, I I think the first one was you got to push or pull the door. You got to do something for God to work. And uh, the second kind of door was a revolving door. You got to go through it and you got to get the timing right. Because if you're not in with God's timing, bang, you're not going through that door. You don't have to do much. You just got to go through it. But um, as long as you're with God's timing, you will get through it. And sometimes it's just the open door where you just have to show up. Sometimes we just have to show up. That's what we like, isn't it? Sometimes God says you got to put a little effort into it. You say that this is what you want. Well, do something to show that this is what you want. It's kind of like how you have to earn things. Like when I I told you running stories. Running, I had to develop the strength and the skills to run. I didn't just show up to a race and, okay, I'm going to run this today. You have to practice. You have to put in effort. Otherwise, how do you expect to get anything? You don't get, generally, you don't just, money, oh, look at that. You, don't, you just don't make things appear. You've got to earn these things. You've got to develop these things. And so this guy, some random person comes and spits in the ground and then wipes it on his face. Well, this guy goes to the pool, wipes it off his face, and, and I guess he probably could have gone somewhere else to wash his face, but no, he followed the instructions, and he did that, and now he can see. He trusted this random guy who he had no idea was Jesus, And now he can see. And people are like, wow, he can see now. Like, that that can't be the same guy. It's got to be a different guy. He's like, no, it's me, it's me. I couldn't see yesterday, and now I can see. Some guy spit in a, he made some mud, wiped it on my face. They're probably thinking, you sound like a lunatic. (laughs) 
He's like, it was me. Yesterday I couldn't see. Today I can see. It's amazing. And so he comes in for interrogation because it's like, okay, this happened on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. Some, they, I think they knew it was Jesus. They don't like Jesus. And so they bring this guy and they're like, what happened to you? And he tells them what happened. They're like, we don't think so. So they, they, uh, they call in his parents and they say, okay, this guy is your son? Yes. And he was born blind, right? Uh, yes. What happened to him? Um, well, he's of age. You can ask him. He's old enough to tell you because it had already been concluded that anybody that said that who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah, if they believed that, they're getting kicked out of the synagogue. You're out of here. So the parents didn't want that. They're not, they're not supporting their son. He can now see. And they're not even going to support this guy who did it. <laughs> so um, I guess they're going to throw this guy under the bus. And so um, Jesus then comes, and see, hap- comes across this guy. And he, he comes back to him, basically. And um, this guy, he, he's still so excited. And he says, and Jesus asks him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he's like, tell me who he is and I will believe him. And it says, you're talking to him right now. And he's like, I believe. And so then... Um, he gets called in for some round two of interrogating, and they're asking him again, so how did this happen? I already told you guys. Why do you want me to tell you again? Wait, do you want to be Jesus's disciples too? You're one of this guy's disciples? (laughs) We don't even know where this guy came from. He's he's doing things, like he's got to be of the devil, and he's like, you don't know where this guy came from. We know God doesn't really work through sinners, God works through godly people, and this guy just healed me so that I could see. And you don't know where this guy came from? And uh, so he, he's, he's speaking some wise words, and these guys are like, uh, 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 you're out of here. They <laughs> kicked him out. He's out of the synagogue because he believed and wanted to follow Jesus. God doesn't just offer us new life being able to see, helping us with things that we see as big hindrances for our lives. He wants to offer us life to the full, true life, not just new life. He wants to give us life so that we have it now and for the rest of eternity. That is the kind of life that God offers us. If we will follow him, if we will give him everything, then he will fill our hearts, he will fill our lives, and he will do incredible things. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That is Satan. He wants to take away from us, and particularly he wants to separate us from God. He wants to get us away from God, probably to punish God, but also is punishing us too. He wants to take us away from God. That is what the thief does. But Jesus, he is the good shepherd. He is the one that is standing by that gate, letting all of us in. If we want to come in, he will let us come in. We, and he brings us life to the full. That is what the good shepherd is doing. He wants to take care of us. He says that the hired hand will run when wild animals come after the, the sheep. But Jesus isn't going to run because he is standing right there by that gate because he wants to make sure that we can have life to the full. Let's pray.
Lord, you are amazing, and I ask that you would be with us. Fill us with your uh, strength for the things to come and, and give us guidance that we would be willing to do the things that you want us to do. Have me speak the words you want me to speak and nothing else. And if I do, let us all please forget it. Amen. So there's this guy named Charles Blondin, and uh, he, he would tightrope across the Niagara Falls. So he's, he's, he's on a tightrope, and, and he just he would walk back and forth across the Niagara Falls, you know, huge waterfalls. Well, then he, he's doing tricks and stuff, too. So he gets a wheelbarrow, and he is going back and forth with a wheelbarrow full of rocks, by the way. Who wants to push rocks across a tightrope on the Niagara Falls? That's, that's what he's doing. And he, get, he goes back and forth and back, and, and, and uh, he says, okay, do you guys think I can do that again? They're all like, we know you can do it again. you just done it. We know you can do it. And he's like, okay, tips all the rocks out of the wheelbarrow. Who wants to get in? Nobody volunteered. They've seen him do it. They know he can do it, but they're not going to jump in. We've seen God work. We know he can work, but we don't want to be the volunteer. We don't want to do a lot of the things that God asks us to do, because generally God asks us to do things out of our comfort zone, because if God asked us to do what we were really good at, we'd probably, get, we'd probably uh, not do it right because we'd be doing it on our own strength, not God's strength. Kind of like, um, I don't know if I've told you, I could not public speak, speak at all. I, um, uh, I, I, could, I could not. I'd get too nervous, and uh, I'd, I'd laugh at my friend because he'd get up front, and he'd be, he'd be sweating and shaking, and he, he could not do, like, just could hardly speak. And then, but I, I didn't laugh too hard because I know that when I got up next, it was going to be even worse. And uh, sometimes the words would not even come out, and I would forget absolutely everything. And then that's what God asked me to do. The thing that I, one of the things I hated most, God has me now enjoying because I'm doing it for God, and I get to see him work. So I don't know, you guys might be thinking, yeah, 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 he's, he's not that bad at public speaking. You know, he, he couldn't have been that bad. I have seen God work in my own life. So you may not have seen what God did transforming my life, but I have seen it. Does that mean I'm ready to jump in the wheelbarrow every time? I jumped in the wheelbarrow that first day God asked me to. But ever since then, it's, so, it's become so much easier. I can jump in. I can be all in. God says, jump in that wheelbarrow. It's like, okay, God, I know you're going to do it. I know he can do it. But that first time that we jump in, it can be so difficult, can't it? We don't want to jump in the wheelbarrow because it looks absolutely insane. Why would we do that? But often we say to God that we, we want him to work in our lives. Lord, this is an awful thing going on in my life. I need your help, but don't touch this because I, I need some consistency in my life or I don't want this to change. I like how this is. And, and, but we ask for God to change some things and not change other things. And God's like, well, what do you want? Do you want me to change your life? Because you 
So sometimes he gets into that difficult situation where he has to tell us, you want this to change, but you don't want this to change, but this is dependent on this. This is actually your problem. The things that you want to stay consistent are the things that are actually causing your problems or contributing to your problems. And so if you want your life to be changed, if you want life to the full, but basically you have to come to the conclusion, do you want life to the full or life to the half full? I want life to the full, not life to the half full. Because life to the half full, that's just, that's not that, that's not that good. <laughs> um, but God wants to offer us life to the full, but are we willing to take it? Are we willing to give him everything, to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength? Basically, everything that we are, everything that we do. Do we want to love him with all that we have, or only part of what we have? Do we want him to change our lives to transform us into the best version of ourselves that we could be, or only like kind of a better version. Because a lot of things, we see the things that we want, but do we want what we want, or do we want what God wants? God offered the Israelites the promised land, and then they got there, and they were too scared to take it. They had seen God do miracles getting the Israelites out of Egypt, and then they get to this promised land, and they're like, oh, we give up. He parted the Red Sea for them to get through. He took care of the Egyptians, and they're going to say they can't do it. It's not about what you can do. It's, what, it's about what God can do. That is what God has for you, not what you can possibly do on your strength. It's what God can do with his infinite power, his infinite goodness. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Giving God everything is not... It's not like the sacrifice. It's a relief. We get to say, oh, here you go, God. I know you can take care of this. I can't. I know you can. So please do. We give God everything, and he will do amazing things in our lives. We will see God working in our lives. But if we don't jump in that wheelbarrow, we miss it, and we don't get to have it. And maybe God's timing will come back around Maybe another good opportunity will come, but maybe we missed it. Maybe that was our one shot. Or maybe the next time it's just easier for us to say, no, it's still not, you know, I don't like the timing, God. It doesn't look good. And God's like, this is exactly the timing that you need. This is exactly the time for this, but you're too concerned to make that jump. It's, I, this, I'm talking about myself quite a bit here because I am a hesitant, very cautious kind of person when God keeps pushing me and telling me, you need to go and do this. So um, I'm reminded constantly. I don't, I need my notes. Don't take my notes away from me. These are the precious notes that God and I have been working on. This is what we have been, and God keeps telling me, Tyler, get rid of the notes. Because I look at them and God's like, Tyler, th yes, God and me worked on, God and I worked on this, but God is the one that's supposed to be speaking, not 
my part of God. God is good. God has come. Jesus has come so that we may have life and have life to the full. That is what God wants to us. As I'm sitting in the chair, I'm thinking, oh, I forgot my pen today because I need to write this down. I forgot this. I need to change that. And God's like, Tyler, it is still not about what you can do because I could never do this. It is about what God is going to do in your life. Did I tell you guys the story the first time I preached? Have I ever told you that? I, we didn't have a pastor at the time. And so God, um, and I could, not, I could not public speak. Now, I better clarify this, though. I taught a Sunday school class. God had already pushed me out of my comfort zone to teach a Sunday school class with three people. My brother, my other brother, neither one of them wanted the job, and it was vacant. So please take it, Tyler. I was the oldest and a friend of ours. Absolutely no um, uh, qualification. What's the word I'm looking for? There, there's nothing. There, there were no expectations. He's just glad to see me. And that was God pushing me out of my comfort zone. But that week, I wasn't teaching the Sunday school class with, you know, the, all four of us there. And, and all it was is I would write scriptures down, and I would read those scriptures. I'd tell you a thought that I had and, or what my Bible would say about it. Um, and and that, that was what we would do. Well, God said, uh, well, we, I, I get to church. This lady would drive me to church, and I'd get to church. And uh, when we're there, um, she... Uh, well, I, she was uh, the vice chair of the church, and again, we didn't have a pastor, and so I'd ask her, well, so who's, um, we're getting ready for Sunday school, I'd help her set up, and I'd say, well, who's, who's uh, speaking today, or do we have, like, uh, somebody doing a devotional, special music, like, what are, what are we doing? She says, well, I was going to say something, unless you'd like to. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Laugh that off real quick because I couldn't public speak. I could not public speak. One time I had to memorize a poem that had like six or eight lines. Short, short poem. I could not believe my teacher let me get away with that. I couldn't believe it. Usually I'm one of those students that tries to work hard. I knew, I knew that's not going to happen here. So I chose the shortest, smallest, little petite poem that I could find called The Bat. Um, and uh, I... Um, so we get there, and I had it memorized. I had that memorized. I'm reciting it. I could almost do it forwards and backwards. I had it memorized inside and out because I knew as soon as it times get there, I, I get up there, and then she had a camera that day to record it, and a college English professor. She's just looking for her students to fail this, and I could not remember. I got the first line or two, and then she's trying to read the lines to me, and I couldn't get it. I didn't know the... I di I've never seen this poem in my life, you'd think, anyway. Um, I could, and I, I got a terrible grade in that. And in fact, I don't think I looked at it that great. I didn't want to know how bad it was because I basically didn't do the presentation because the words don't come out. So, yeah, I'm not going to say anything at church. Well, then, for the next five minutes or so, I had this feeling in my heart. Like God was saying, that's your opportunity. You need to take that opportunity. You need to do that. So I bring, the com I bring that conversation back up. I said, well, if you want me to say something, I better go get some notes. 
Actually, I was wrong. I wasn't, this lady didn't give me a ride at that point. I was driving. And um, I was a, a senior in, in uh, actually, I was uh, going to be going to Bible college the next week. Still wasn't sure how God was going to work that out, um, me and Bible college. Um, and so I drove home, and I'm getting notes, and my mom was getting ready. Um, she went to a different church at the time, and um, she says, what are you doing back? Like, I'm preaching today. I got to get some notes. And, um, and she's like, oh, I better get going to that church then. <laughs> and um, on my drive home, though, it was as if everything came together. My mind has never, ever worked so well in its life. And everything, I could visualize, there are three different parts of messages, or of uh, Sunday school notes. I knew exactly, I can't remember them. You ask me what I preached on or what I talked about last week, I can't tell you, but I knew exactly what I had done like two months ago when I started or something, two, three months, I don't know. And so I got all this, it comes together, and I get up there, when, well, and I get there, and I'm like, okay, I got to read through these scriptures. Uh, but I'm sitting in the back of my Sunday school class. I had missed the first 10 minutes. This guy asked me every question that he had asked my brothers. I had to answer every one of them. I didn't have time to read many of those scriptures at all. I didn't have time uh, to do much else in between Sunday school and, and uh, service because I, I got other things I got to do. And so then we're singing the music, and I'm still trying to, like, I haven't even looked at these scriptures much at all. And, and then it's time for me to go up. I can't speak in front of people. I, cer I certainly can't do it at church. Well, then I get up there, and I speak. My tongue and my brain have never worked together so well in my life. <laughs> the words came out. There, there was not all of the stuttering and stuff that would go on. And I got 10 minutes through, and I'm like, guess I can do the other half now. And so I gave the other half, and I got done, and I, I just could not believe it. I had actually jumped into that wheelbarrow. God had asked me to, and for once I said yes. I don't regret it at all. I wish I would do that sort of thing more often, but I get scared even just thinking about that. Um, it, God can do amazing things, but are we going to take it? Are we going to give God 100%? What percent are we giving God? Because I don't think I'm giving God 100%. How, how, like in, God says, uh, Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. God has overcome everything. Jesus conquered sin and death, sacrificing himself for everything that we have ever done wrong. God can do the impossible in our lives, but we have to let him. We have to embrace the fullness of life that God has for us. He's saying, I have life to the full, but you want life to the little bitty bitty full. That's what you're going to settle for because we ask for these things, but God has so much more for us. What are we going to get? Are we going to give him everything and get everything, or are we going to give him part of ourselves and only get to see a little bit of what God can do in our lives and in the lives of people around us. Um, God is just so amazing. There is a guy, um, William Borden, he was born in um, 1887, and he was born into a rich family. They were millionaires, and so his graduation present was a trip around the world how many of you got one of those for your graduation present? I didn't. So he goes on this trip around the world, and he sees needy people all around the world. He's like, these people need, they need help. They need God. And so he decides he's going to be a missionary. That's what he's going to do with his life. 
And people are telling them, you are throwing your life away. You're a millionaire. You can do whatever you want, and that's what you're going to do? You're throwing it all away. And he's, he, um, he writes in his Bible, no reserves. He's not holding back. He is going to give God everything. No reserves. So he goes on to Yale, and when he gets to Yale, um, actually the students would say afterwards, they're like, he came, and he was ahead of everybody spiritually. Like, he gave God everything. And while he was there, he and a buddy would read scripture, pray, and he would share a thought that he had on that scripture. And they would do that. Um, uh, they would meet together, I think it was like every week. And then there was another guy, and a fourth guy that added really quickly. And by the end of the year, there were 150 students that would uh, get together and read a scripture, talk to God, and share a thought. And by the time he graduated, a thousand of the 1,300 students were getting together to do this. He's making a difference in all uh, people's lives. And it wasn't even just that, though. There was one other thing. They would make sure that everybody that they knew had a, a, in the area had an opportunity to know who God was. They wanted to make sure that all students, they had an opportunity, um, everybody that if they didn't know God, that they would have an opportunity to get to know him. And um, then um, there was also the Yale Hope Mission. He's helping people in the community. He's doing all these great things. He's doing way more than I think anybody in my college was doing. He was doing so much. He's doing everything he could. And then um, it, it's time for him to graduate Yale, and he's given these great paying job offers. And he says, no, I'm going to be a missionary. And uh, uh, people are probably still saying, you're throwing your life away, because we all know what other people should do with their lives, don't we? <laughs> don't listen to people. Listen to God instead. God knows way better than any person does. And so he says, no, I'm going to be a missionary. And he writes in his Bible, underneath no reserves, he writes, no retreats. He is not turning back. He is doing what God wants him to do. He knows what he needs to do. He's going to do it. And then after that, he, uh, he, he, so he goes on to Princeton Seminary, and then he's headed to China. He wants to work with Muslims there, and so he's going to stop in uh, Egypt to learn, to learn Arabic while he, to be able to help him when he's in China. And so while he's in Egypt, he gets spinal meningitis and dies a month later at 25. In his Bible, it says, no reserves, no retreats, no regrets. He powered through everything that God had for his life. And then God said, all right, it's time for you to come home, my good and faithful servant. He did what God wanted him to do. He lived life to the full. Life to the full is not about looking for our own happiness. It's not about doing what other people find successful. Life to the full is giving everything to God, living a life for him, making a difference in everybody around us, giving God everything that we have and getting to see God do the impossible. That's what life to the full is. This guy died at 25 with no regrets. I'm more than 25 and I got plenty of regrets. God is amazing. But do we want life to the full or only half full? What are we willing to give him? I got another story I can tell you. Um, when I was running cross country, there was um, 
there was this one race. It was further downstate. There were so many teams. It was an invitational. There were so many teams. And um, I, I'd never ran with so many people at, at that point. And we were just running like a herd. Now, beforehand, normally we'd jog the course so that we knew exactly where we were going, knew where the finish was and stuff. Um, but this time, it was further away. Timing didn't work out. We didn't have enough time to do that for our warm-up. So I'm just running this race. I don't really know where I'm going. I know vaguely what's going to happen. Um, and I had also, uh, I, but I would also, I'd save a little bit of energy because you don't want to get done the race and have too much energy left over and be like, oh, I, I, I could have done better. You, so just save a little bit because I was better sprinting than I was long distance. But I love long distance because you don't have all those beady eyes watching you the whole way around the track. So um, I, would, I would save just a little bit and then I'd sprint uh, and use up every last little bit that I had left. But just a little bit. So running this race, I had never ran so fast in my life because we're just running in a herd. Normally they say, like, follow the person in front of you, like run off of their shoulder. Well, no, we're just running in a herd. Big herd of people running through. You're following everybody, and everybody's going fast. And the flags, you know, the mark, you go around this court. They're trampling over those flags. The flags don't matter when there's that many people. We're just going. And so then we get, um, uh, we're, we're going, and, and I, again, I, I'm like, okay, at some point here, I got to make sure I use up enough energy, but I've never ran this fast before. I can't believe how fast I'm going. Well, suddenly we get around the corner. There's the finish line right there. You can't speed up that fast. And so I got done. I had a whole bunch of energy left. I was very upset, but I wanted to know what my time was because I still think it was pretty good. Well, I go see what my time was, 19 minutes, 11 seconds. I had never done that, fa uh, done that fast in my life. And then, if I had used everything, I could have been under 19 minutes. I could have ran a 5K in less than 19 minutes. I've never done that before. I don't think I'm ever going to do that again. <laughs> I missed my opportunity. Whenever that time comes, we don't know when our time is up, but when we get there, are we going to be able to say, that we have no regrets, or are we going to have given God everything? God wants to give us freedom from the mistakes that we've made so that we can push, push forward to do incredible things, but are we going to give God everything, or are we going to be holding on to some extra and then not even need it? I say all these things, but God doesn't ask us to do this on our own strength. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. It is not us who's filling our cup. It is God who's filling our cup and then he fills it to overflowing. He gives us the ability to do these things. If we've never asked God into our lives before, we can pray that prayer right now. Lord, forgive me for the things that I have done wrong. Help me to live the life that you want me to live. I give you my life. Come into my heart and change my life. If we've prayed that prayer a number of times, we can still pray that prayer again. If we know that we're not living life, giving God 100%, we can say, God, forgive me. Help me to be the person you know I can be, the person that you want me to be. Help me to jump in on those opportunities that you want me to take. Let's pray. Lord, you are so amazing. I ask that you would... Give us the strength. Give us the guidance to do as you want us to do. 
Lord, help us to live for you every single day. Lord, forgive us for the mistakes that we make, but help us to live more and more for you with no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. You are amazing. Help us to live the amazing lives you want us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
Jesus gave everything for us. How much are, willing, are we willing to give him? He offers us everything, but we have to accept it. We have to make that step with mud over our eyes, willing to go, not knowing what's going to happen, but to trust God. Not to do it on our own strength. Don't bother with that. Do it on God's strength. Let him use you to make a difference in people's lives. God is so good. Let's see him work in our lives. Have a great week, a great rest of your year.